Welcome to this week's episode of First Do No Harm, a podcast that often covers controversial issues, sometimes it's medical, sometimes it's not. But the whole purpose of this is to spread understanding and knowledge of these issues. This week, April 16th, it is an important day. It is National Healthcare Decision Day. And so this podcast is in order to help you and to help your family because we are now in the middle of a pandemic. So there's no better time and there's no better day to conquer these issues. National Healthcare Decisions Day. This this day exists to inspire, to educate, and to empower the public as well as the providers about the importance of advanced care planning. The key goal of all of this is to demystify healthcare decision making and make the topic of advanced care planning inescapable. No one in the United States should be able to open a paper, watch TV, view the internet, see a physician or a lawyer, or go to a healthcare facility without being confronted with the topic of advanced care planning. Among other things, this helps people understand that advanced healthcare decision making includes much more than living wills. It's a process that should focus first on the conversation and choosing an appropriate agent. This week, I have a wonderful and beautiful guest that is very informed on this issue. I hope you guys take a listen and that you make decisions based on the things that she has to say. So let's get started. (laughs) How are you? I feel like as young as what we are, technology should not be this difficult. I know. We uh, are shaming our generation. I don't know. My mom would be very proud that I am up to her standards. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty sad, actually. (laughs) I mean, I feel like there's worse things to, you know, like be sad about. So whatever. (laughs) How's your mom doing? Oh, is she out or is she still She in? did. She got to go home today. Um, I know my aunt's there. And like I texted you, she and my dad had like a big rift yesterday. And my dad's like, she said she just wants to go to a rehab facility. I was like, that's not, that's not. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she's just, I don't know, whatever. It's a mess, but she's doing great. I, uh, video chatted with her earlier and she's like is your hair white and I was like no that's for my TikTok (laughs) I was making TikToks earlier she's like okay cool you look real pretty (laughs) she sent me a picture I'm gonna have to send you but she sent me a picture of her the other night when she was in the hospital I think it was like the second day that she was there and she had like the a massive NG tube they had to find the Whoa. biggest one. I know, coming out of her nose. And so she sent me that picture without like 
telling me she was going to send it to me. So I sent her a picture back of me with this massive straw coming out of my nose. So I think as a gift to her, I'm going to send a picture of like random people with straws coming out of their nose as like a little flip book. Um, I don't know. You know I'm stupid, so. I like it. No, no. If I, I'm trying to think, I don't think I have any straws. Well, you can find something that's round and big to go in your nose. Oh, so. yeah. Uh -huh. oh. Uh -huh. It doesn't have to be a straw. I mean, she may change the way she thinks about you forever. Who cares? Who cares? YOLO. I'll, I'll send her which uh, brand and, and model it is so she, she needs she it. She might appreciate it. <laughs> So, hey, Jane, thanks so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate you jumping on here, especially since the topic today is so important. And um, if you will, take a second and tell people a little bit about what you do, your history, because it's a little bit unique. You have gone further, and your history is definitely more than just a nurse. Well... So when I was young, I thought I knew what I was doing and I became a chemist and that was a poor decision. So <laughs> I sought out another path in life and uh, there was a, a lot of stuff in the middle and I ended up working at a law firm for about three and a half years. Uh, and we did uh, an assortment of stuff, everything from bankruptcy, um, some civil suits, um, a lot of estate planning, um, just an assortment of things. Eventually life moved along. I had an epiphany and realized I was an idiot and I liked people and I liked science and I should have been a nurse. And so I became a nurse. I've been a nurse for about six years, six and a half years now. Mm -hmm. I have worked every ICU out there except CVICU. I am not that brave. <laughs> I've done burn trauma neuro sick so, you make you all those so and then i got tired of uh of all that worked in the er for a while decided to explore a little more went over to pack you i've done travel so that's pretty much my story mm, what was your favorite when my patients were nice <laughs> i remember <laughs> um so as the audience probably knows like I traveled for years and you and I met on one of my travel assignments and I fell in love with you. You were one of my favorite people of all time, Aww. period. So not, are you. Yeah. Not just during, you know, the travel portion of my life. Like you were forever gypsy soul friend. Um, but I remember us, um, you were working neuro and I was working neuro and one of the times that I remember is you have a sweet elderly person at one of the assignments and um, they just went crazy as a lot of elderly people do and they sundown. It's a common thing. And when you throw a, a brain injury on top of it, they, they, they go super crazy. And I remember you were getting a report and I could not help it, but you were like, oh yeah, she was great for you during the day, but let me tell you what happened during the night. And I was like, have you ever seen the movie about the gremlins? Because like somebody threw water on this patient, like she turned into it. 
Uh, but you are just the, the sweetest, most kind person. I simply adore you. Thanks. She was a yeah. cutie. <laughs> All of them have been, right? Like there's none that weren't oh, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I brought you on here because April 16th, uh, today is the 14th. Um, but April 16th, it is National Healthcare Decision Day. And I feel like, even though this is something that I feel very, um, I feel like it's important no matter what, that we all have a plan of care in place. But especially because of all of the stuff going around with the coronavirus, COVID-19, that people know what we want to do. And because you not only worked in a law firm, but you worked in extensive areas in the world of nursing and healthcare, that you would be a great asset to chat about this. Well, first off, let me add the clause. I am not an attorney and I am not a doctor. So <laughs> <laughs> don't sue me. Um, and after that, um, I appreciate you asking me on as uh, very kind of you and that you value my opinion at all is, is cool. So we can, we can still go drinking together. <laughs> um, you know, I value your opinion with everything, including my own life. So <laughs> you're my little guiding star a lot of times when I don't have it. <laughs> well, let's, let's keep the star. <laughs> right. High. So here, here's my basic opinion of estate law, which if you want to make a will uh, or a power of attorney or a living will, and each of those documents basically give directives to your loved ones on what happens if you become incapacitated or die, um, you, you can do it on the internet. There's a, there's a lot of resources out there, but you can also do it through an attorney. Uh, and you would basically Google estate law and, and find someone. And there are a lot of attorneys out there that do it for a really reasonable rate. And I'm not trying to promote attorneys, but I will tell you the reasons you should consider an attorney. So well, the law firm that I worked for was in Texas. And I didn't know this until I worked at that law firm. But in Texas, your, your will has to be either fully typed or fully handwritten. It can't be typed and have blanks that you fill out. If you do that, it's invalid. Uh, if it goes to probate or uh, there's some sort of contention over it. Well, and there was actually a client that we managed whose uh, loved one had not had an attorney done it and had instead filled it out online and it was half written, half typed. And it was a huge mess because when that person passed away, the estate then was divided by Texas law and not by the will because that's the law. So check in your state as to what you need for a will or a power of attorney, medical power of attorney to be legitimate. If you're going to invest in that, if you have issues with finances and you need a little cheaper option uh, and you have a risk that you might be hospitalized there are a lot of different resources out there you can um, talk to 
uh, people in social work. Uh, and if you do end up being hospitalized, there are always resources in the hospital that allow you to fill out a form that acts as a power of attorney, basically, or a living will. So there are those options. And we probably should explain a little bit about what each of those documents are. So again, not an attorney. Go find a really good attorney. Um, uh, power of attorney allows an individual to take charge over your assets, your well-being, and run them for you while you're incapacitated, whether that's from a coma, dementia, whatever. So make sure it's someone you trust uh, and someone that is aware of what's going on in your life. And a medical power of attorney is if you just want someone to be in charge of your medical well-being. So they wouldn't have access to your finances. Uh, a living will is where you tell exactly what you want to happen if you become incapacitated for some reason. My husband and I both have living wills and mine says, you know, I don't want to be artificially kept alive if there is no chance of there being a, a, a good quality of life. Um, but there, there's lots of different options. You can curtail it to whatever you want. Some people, you know, they, they want to be ventilated. They want to have a feeding tube. They want all these things or you don't want it. It's completely up to you and nobody's going to judge you one way or the other, but make sure that you've talked about it a little bit with your loved ones. So they aren't shocked. Mm -hmm. Um, like I would like to be an organ donor. So my family is all aware of that. So there's no surprise if something happens to me and everybody's like, oh no, you can't cut her open. No, those are my wishes. Everyone's aware of that. I know it's very gruesome to think about, but on the other hand, I believe life is worth giving. So if I'm already dead, might as well make it, you know, worth something. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is just a will. And that happens when you die. Uh, it directs what happens to your assets, your children, uh, how you want to be buried, any of that can go in there. It's not so much medical, but if you're going to be doing all this anyway, you probably should go ahead and just do the will and get it over with. Yeah. So really that's my two cents is it's a very frightening thing for anyone to think about dying, especially right now because we have a virus out there, the COVID-19 that could definitely potentially kill you uh, a lot sooner than you would like to think. But on the other hand, it is a healthy thing to eventually confront death in your life and not leave your family hanging without any guidance as to what you would like if something happened to you. Because both Jamie and I have seen some really awful situations of car accidents or somebody just falling down the steps or falling off the ladder, or falling off a roof. And the next thing you know, people are making life decisions and the loved one that we're taking care of didn't want to take the time to deal with mortality. And so didn't leave any directions for their family as to what they would want. Mm -hmm. And that's a really painful situation. It is. And I mean, even though like you're, 
like you're saying, this is a, it is a painful conversation, but I, I personally feel like it's so much easier to have that conversation when you're healthy, um, when you're, when you're a significant other, when you're a family member, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your spouse, I feel like when you have that conversation and you're well, it's not quite as morbid as if you have a terminal illness because they may not be more apt to listen because they're still mourning. You know, I, oh, I feel yeah. like the, the grieving process, it really closes off a lot of our receptive ability for the end of life. So I, even, even before I got married, um, I made my mom, my power of attorney, I sent her a lot of paperwork and it was, and it was for the medical area that you were talking about. It was, it was solely medical, not financial, but you know, if I was pregnant and it came down to me versus the child that, or the, the fetus that I was impregnated with and it meant that I would survive or we had to terminate the the pregnancy. Like she knew I wanted to live versus, and I mean, you know, those very uncomfortable situations and those uncomfortable yeah. decisions, it, it takes care of all that. So they don't have to feel like whoever, whether it's your husband, your mom, et cetera, they don't have to worry that they're making the wrong choice for you. And that is a peace of mind for the person yeah. you love, who loves you enough to be the person making that decision. Because we definitely see a lot of people make decisions in the ICU or the ER where you're talking end of life. Uh, and a lot of times they're driven to make a decision for their loved one because they think that they can't live with the regret mm -hmm. of making a more difficult decision. And uh, at that point it's emotional. Oh, it's not, completely. it's not there's a lot of denial, a lot of uh, whatever. So if there's been a fight or they aren't on the best of terms, or even if they are on the best of terms, there's a tremendous amount, like you said, of grief and all those stages happening. So they can't process the way you would right now. And there, there's a reason why if you're a physician, if you are a nurse, if you're a nursing assistant, you cannot legally provide care to someone in the hospital setting. If you're related to them, if you're a good friend of them, there's a reason mm -hmm. why it's not because the organization or the facility, they want to keep away the best care. They know that you will provide like all the love and support. But the reason is because you can't think logically when you're that close to the person who's in a life or death situation. You just, it's very difficult to separate those things. So that's, that's why this is very important at this point in time, especially now, um, a lot of things are brought to the forefront because of this virus. And I think that we need to recognize that it is important for the people that we love to know what we want in certain situations, because this virus doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care if no, you're white, no. if you're black, if you are Indian, if you're Asian, it, it doesn't, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or if you're a male. I could not agree more. 
So when you get to the hospital and they ask you, do you have any advanced directives or anything like that? I hope you've taken the time to, to make those documents out. And it's not that hard. It's not, uh, it's not rocket science. You know, um, if you have questions, there are a lot of really great attorneys out there that are not going to charge you an arm and a leg. And there are a lot of resources through uh, social services that will help you with all of that if you are facing some financial choices. Definitely. And I will try to um, add a couple to the write-up of this podcast that you can click on. It'll give you a little bit more information to help out with a couple of those. And maybe you can go from there. But genuinely, we only want the best for you and we want the best for your family. So make sure that with this whole day coming up, that you guys are prepared no matter what, because we love you and we want it to be easy for you. And we want it to be easy for your family, whether it's tomorrow or 50 years from now. Definitely. So. And thank you so much for hopping on this podcast with me to share your insight because you're so much more knowledgeable than I am. And I, (laughs) on so many levels, (laughs) I appreciate that, but I really appreciate even more so the attorneys out there that have taken the time to go to school and genuinely go out of their way to help people. Not all attorneys are uh, egotistical, you know, what. There's some oh. really genuinely great people out there. So, you know, seek them out, get their help and help, um, help you and your family set things in order in case something happens. Uh, Cause eventually it will happen. Well, thanks Jamie for having me on. I appreciate it. You have a great day and uh, thank you for whoever's listening. I hope you do well, stay safe, wash your hands. <laughs> no, no, go outside, but just, you know, social distancing. As just you're taking by your yourself. Walk. That's right. Don't go to the local pub or you know (laughs) not yet not yet soon though I believe it's gonna be soon well that is it for today's show and I hope you learned something valuable and something that you can take away and put into action I also just want to give a big shout out if you're having to be stuck at home right now I just want you to know I I understand the pain that you're going through and I'm so sorry that we're all having to deal with this in some sort of fashion and also if you're on the front lines whether you work in environmental services or you're a nurse you're a doctor you do food for us I just also want to tell you thank you thank you so much for your service because getting in front of this virus is not going to happen with one single person doing what they should do it's about all of us and I believe in you and just stay strong 